You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, this morning, um, with the rest, the remaining portion of my time, I want to talk about a tale of three givings. The Bible describes for us uh, the manner of giving and the responses of giving. In fact, throughout the pages of the Bible, you will discover that giving is talk a lot, talk about a lot of times. In fact, the greatest giver is God Himself because the Bible tells us in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave. So God is a giver from the very onset of the Scriptures. We read about how God gave and God is a giving God. And that's why populated through the Bibles are stories of giving. But for this morning, I just want to pick up three responses um, and that we want to look at as this woman began to give. And as they gave, of course, great things happened. Right before we even jump into the Scriptures, I need us to understand something about God. God, number one, is a giver. But God does not just give, uh, but God also gives to bless us. Can someone say amen? Because Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us, God says, For I know the plans I have concerning you, plans to bless you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so in God's plan, in God's economy, when God created the world, God is already a giver. And God gives because He wants to bless us. God gives because He gives us a sense of hope through His giving so that out of that, we experience a future. And so we can rest, we can rest steady, we can rest confident in Him. We can this morning, uh, as we come into God's presence, know that God is a giver who will give to us to bless us. Amen? And so this morning, we want to respond likewise in giving. In fact, um, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2 uh, begins for us the story where, that when Jesus was born, the Bible tells us Magi from the East came and uh, they brought gifts to give to Jesus as an expression of their worship. And so this morning, uh, as we study the, uh, the tale of three giving, we see the three giving in response of worship. We see the three giving uh, as, the, as they responded uh, to the word of the Lord. And this morning, I'm going to, at the end of this service, call us to a time of great giving. And of course, some of us will be giving uh, in a sense, immediately uh, today, uh, but others of us are going to give in faith that, that God will enable us for the next 12 months to meet that goal uh, as we give to Him. Amen? Now, as, um, as I arrive in Coventry, in the package that your pastor so nicely put for us with all of the drinks and all the goodies, in between, you know, in the midst of all this nice stuff, is a booklet. And I pulled out the booklet the other day when I arrived, and I started reading it, and I was really enthralled by it. I mean, I was fascinated. I was really captivated by it. Uh, some of you this morning just received the booklet. And, uh, well, don't read it while I'm preaching, all right? Uh, but uh, be sure to read it. I, I enjoyed the last three pages so much that the last three pages tells me of the stories 
of many women in this house that has learned to give to God and experience personal breakthrough. And, you know, I can tell you stories after stories uh, in my church, in my life, in the life of my wife, of how we experience God's breakthrough as we give. But friends, we give this morning not so that we will just reap a huge benefit. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we give as an act of response to God's Word. We give uh, to sow into the house. We give because we love God. And most of all, we give because it is our act of worship. But if you chance upon the, the opening pages of this booklet, and to me, that's the most important part. And as you begin to read it, you begin to read about the purpose of this church. It begins to describe to us the vision of this house. And I want to say to each and every one of you before I jump into the Scriptures this morning, that as you come into this church and you enjoy the worship of this house and you find the fellowship in this place uh, as a place of growth and development for you, then I call you a CLM. I, I, you know, I, I call you a man and a woman of this house. And as part of this house, it is important to therefore recognize that your destiny has now been woven into the larger tapestry of the vision of this house. And so you need to read that very carefully and to understand what this house is all about because this house will cause you to experience the manifold blessings of God as you participate in the vision of this house. I read it and, uh, I, and I got excited with this thing about reaching wider uh, and growing deeper because I believe God has a wide reach for you guys right here in Coventry. Alright, so now let's just jump right now into 1 Kings. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and uh, reading verse 7 to verse 16 and then I'm going to make some comment about um, this woman. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 7, some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, let me just pause here to give you a setting. The Bible begins for us in 1 Kings chapter 17 of this prophet of God, Elijah, that, who came to the scene. And when Elijah arrived at the scene, Elijah began to make a prophecy to King Ahab, the bad king. He was a bad king. He, I mean, he led the nation into a place of idolatry and moral degradation. And so God raised Elijah to speak a word to the king. And Elijah said to the king, there will be no rain nor dew except at my words. And therefore, the whole entire terrain in Middle East was going through a drought. The drought was so bad that where Elijah was, the brook dried up. So that's the setting of this story. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Now notice that God told him a widow is going to supply him with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Let me pause here by saying that widows are the poorest of the poor. In the culture and context of that day, uh, when a woman loses her husband, she is actually seen by society as someone who is cursed by God. And because you are cursed by God, you do not walk in the blessing 
So that was the place of this woman. It was in a place of shame. It was in a place of great need. And it was in a place where she was like ostracized by society. However, God called Elijah to that place. And so he saw her at the town gate. And he called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now, it's extraordinary about this woman because this woman exemplified the kind of response that is very important for us in the, on this Vision Sunday. Getting a glass of water was already a tough thing. You and I will not think about when we read this passage because it's easy for us to go get a, get a cup of water or get a bottle of water, isn't it? But when you are in a place of extreme drought, in the extremities of the weather, harsh weather condition, getting a cup of water is a tough thing. And she was prepared to do this tough thing just for the man of God, the representation of God. She was prepared to say, all right, if you want me to do a hard thing, I will. And so that was, her, that was the beginning of the disposition where we see really a disposition of generosity in the life of this woman. She was an extremely generous woman who was prepared to inconvenience herself to get him this glass of water. And then to add pain more pain to this woman. He says, give me a piece of bread. Then this woman responded, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread except a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. It begins to tell you of the complexities of her life of shame and of great poverty. She was in a place of great need in her own life when the prophet asked not just for a glass of water but for a piece of bread. And maybe some of us this morning, as we have come to church this morning and you have landed right here on Vision Sunday, you are exactly like this woman. You're going through a tough time in your life, a tough period. And in the toughest period of your life, you have come onto Vision Sunday. And maybe your need is so devastating that you are like this woman that is at the last final end of her life where she said, we will just eat, make this meal, eat it, and then die. She's come to the place where she's facing the last journey of her life. Elijah said to her in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have. From what you have. And bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. 
So we read in this story this great miracle of how this woman who is at her, the greatest need in her life and yet this woman gave. And there are four things you and I can learn from this woman this morning. And the first is that she gave out from her need. She had a need, yet she gave out from that need. You see, whenever God calls us to do something, God always calls us not at the place of abundance, but God always calls us to give at a place where we have our greatest need. Yeah. If you realize something about God, and God loves to call us to do that because God is watching from heaven to see how you and I will respond to His call. The call of God is always there and the call of God comes mostly when we are at the last pole of our life and God wants to see how you will respond at the last pole of your life. Whether you are hold on to your dear life or you are forsake it all for God. And that's what faith is. Faith is forsaking it all just for the Lord. You see, this woman did not give out of her abundance, but she gave out of her very deep need. And whenever you express giving in that form, friends, I want you to know, you are manifesting faith. You are showing God that you are putting faith in Him. You see, this woman had every reason. She had every reason not to give to God. She had every reason to say to Elijah, to Elijah that as a man of God, you go ask God. But no, she responded out of her own deep need and she manifests faith. There's something, there's something powerful about it. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 6, For without faith, it is impossible. It is Im Which means there is nothing you and I can do to please God except through an act of faith, except through a disposition of faith, except through an action of faith. And this woman basically exemplifies it when she gave out of her need. She exemplified faith. And you know what, friends? Faith attracts God. If ever you want to see a manifestation of God, you got to have faith. Just like I tell folks, if you want Winnie the Pooh to come right now, you got to have honey. You have to have a bottle of honey to bring Winnie the Pooh right here. But if you want to see God come into your presence, you got to have an act of faith, a manifestation of faith, a disposition of faith. And that's what this woman did. Number two, she gave out from a crucial decision between God and herself. You see, in the mind of this woman, she says, listen here, prophet, I'm making this meal and my son and I are just going to eat this last meal, our last supper, and then we'll die. That was what she was thinking. But now she's confronted with a decision, a crucial decision. And friends, in a moment's time, you and I will be confronted with a crucial decision as you are part of this house. As God is moving in this house, God is now challenging you to respond to a crucial decision. And whether you make the decision for yourself or you make a decision for God, that would be the ultimate key. And this woman, out of the sheer need, the sheer desperation of her life, I'm glad she responded today by saying, I'm making a decision for God. It is a crucial decision of faith. It is a crucial decision of obedience. And I think God calls for us to come into that place 
Because when the people of God can come and make decisions of faith and obedience in Him, you know what? God begins to render anything to us. I mean, it's like a parent. When your child listens to you, when your child responds to you positively as parents, we just pour everything into the kid, isn't it? And the same way, God is waiting right now to pour into our life, but God is watching how we respond. Number three, let's notice here that the woman gave out from what she has and not what she hoped she has. She said to Elijah, that's all I have. A little far, a little job on. We're going to make this, that's all we have. And yet Elijah says, first make a bread from what you have. And so she, the scripture tells us in verse 15, she did as Elijah told her. And I like that, you see, because she gave what she has. She didn't give what she hoped to have. And I think that's a very important point for us today. As we come into Vision Sunday, we have to look at the fact that what do we have? You see, God always asks us what is in your hand. The amazing thing about the church is that whenever God speaks, we always say, well, Lord, if I have this gift, if I had that, I will be able to serve you. No, no, God says, what do you have? What is in your hands right now? What do you have right now? And that's what it is. You see, friends, God is going to multiply what you have. And then lastly, she gave out from the promises of God rather than from her own ability. She gave based on the promise that God said that the oil, the jug of oil and the jar of flour will never run dry. Out of the promises of God, that are yea and amen, that we have sang earlier on, you know, God's promises are yea and amen. And so she says, okay, God, since you said it, I'm going to believe you. So it's not based on her own ability. Because in our own ability, it's not going to happen. But when it's on the promises of God, it will happen. You see, if God has the arsenals of heaven to make His promises come to pass. The Bible tells us God is not a man that He should lie. And so when God says it, it is subtle. And so out of that promise of God, she gave out of it and not out of her ability. The second story, very quickly, is found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Journey with me right now to 2 Kings chapter 4. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a, there's a story of another woman, not the widow, but a very different woman that is, I mean, there is well to do. The Bible tells us in beginning in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 7, uh, verse 8, and we're not going to read verse 8 to verse 37. I'm just going to read a couple of verses for you. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. One day, Elisha, now that's the, the, his protege, Elijah's prophet, protege, Elisha, he went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. And she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Now, unlike the first woman who is a widow, who had to give out of her need, in this second tale of giving, 
we encounter a woman who is well-to-do. And yet this woman who is well-to-do did something tremendous because this woman exemplifies a kind of giving that is very important in a house in CLM. Because all of us need to learn from this wo- the first woman that, that even if we have extreme needs, we have to learn to give. But this second woman was different. She had, she had abundance. And yet, she paid the price for God's presence. She paid for the presence of Elisha. She could have easily said, well, let's put him in a hotel. You know, and or she could say, well, whenever he comes, well, that's fine. But no, she says, no, no, no. She says to her hubby, why don't we build him a place? You see, she wasn't happy with a visitation. She wanted a habitation. She did not want to go for just an occasional touch of God. She wants the constant presence of God in her life. And I think it's very important for us to understand this concept of giving. That we give to a cause. We must give to a cause. That's why even David, Samish David said, I will not offer unto God that which costs me nothing. There's always a cost involved. There's a cost and there's a cause. We must pay the price for the cause. See, Nothing comes... In life, you see, there is no free meal in life, in a sense. We learned that. Isn't it true? There's always a price to pay. There's a price to be, to be paid for excellence. And if you and I want a habitation of God right here in CLM, then I think it's very important we pay the price of growing deeper. But, you know, God has a different understanding of habitation as well. God doesn't want to just habitate in this place. God wants to habitate in this city of Conventry. If you have read your pastor's notes on the purpose of CLM, it shows you the very clear mission, mission statement that God has propelled them to write. God has compelled this church into a place where you can bring Christ into every community. And not just in this community here in UK, but the communities outside. Because when I look among you, I see many, many nationalities. It is not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that there are 60, at least 60 nationalities that are represented here. And every one of you sitting here, you didn't come by chance while well, some of you came for education, while well, some of you came as an as a, as asylum seeker or whatever. But friends, you are here in this place. And the key here is that we have to pay a price for God's presence to habitate in you and in the communities and in the days to come to see this expand back to the nations that you represent. I look forward to the day when CLM outposts will be in the different nations of the world. I look forward to the point where I see CLMers traveling and to countries where you represent so that the ministry and the presence of God can habit it. Can someone say amen? But a price has to be paid. You got to pay the price. She paid the price for a cause but she also paid a price of inconvenience. 
Do you know that she had to share space with the prophet? She had to share space. And maybe it will inconvenience some of you. And this, this vision offering may inconvenience some of you. Yeah. It may inconvenience you a meal for the next one year that you're going to set aside. Yeah. When our campus student, uh, uh, about seven, eight years ago, decided to go on a campaign of one year because we want to see a church planted in the center of, uh, in the center of Indonesia, which is the largest pop Muslim populous nation. Our campus student came together and for the next one year, 350 campus students gave up a meal a day and they set aside that meal. They, didn't, they missed the McDonald's, they missed the Burger King and they missed the Kentucky Fried Chicken. For one whole year during lunch, they set aside that money. And then we pulled the money together and that enabled us to build a church in Indonesia to, so that God's house can be a light in a place of darkness. My campus student paid a price. It inconvenienced them because they could have so easily gone into those places. But it inconvenienced. It will change your life, friends. This vision offering will cost you a price. It will cost you the price of inconvenience. Very quickly, because of time, let me jump to Mark chapter 12. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, the third tale tells us of a very different woman. The first tale tells us of a woman who had extreme needs, who, who shared her meal, who gave of half. The second story tells us of a well-to-do woman, but she paid a price for a cause. And in that cause, there was a price of inconvenience in her life. But the, the third tale tells us of a, another woman, and Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. This third woman gives us the, the tale of a different kind of giving that is very important in the life of the church. The first woman I see gave out of sacrifice. The second woman gave by paying a price. Still very much a sacrifice. But this third woman, I tell you, it wasn't a sacrifice for her. It was extravagant giving where she was concerned. Because unlike the wealthy, they gave out of their ex excess. They gave that which is expendable. They gave that which is the excess. But she gave out of her, of her essentials. 
The essentials in life is what she needs. But you know what? This, where this woman was concerned, because the Bible doesn't tell us about what else about this woman, but it tells us she gave everything. She gave everything because I believe that is extravagant giving of a, of a different kind. But the Bible also tells us that she not only gave of her essentials, but she gave without considering her tomorrow. When you give everything, when you empty out your bank account and everything, like what this woman has done, she now put her faith in an almighty God, not worrying about what tomorrow may bring. Because I guess you probably know this song. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. A story was told years ago of a young woman that, who was making her way across the hills of southern Wales. She was carrying a tiny baby in her arms as she was making that journey across South Wales. As she was making that long journey, she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard. It snowed so hard. In fact, she never reached her destination. But when the blizzard had subsided, the rescuers, the searchers found her body beneath a mole of snow. There they discovered that before her death, she has taken off all of her outer clothing and wrap it around her baby. And when they unwrap that child, to their amazement, surprise, shock and joy, they found him alive and well. This woman has molded her body over his and given her life for the child. She gave without considering her tomorrow. Proving the depths of a mother's love, isn't it? This is not just any story. Because years later, that child, David Lloyd George, grown to manhood, became Prime Minister of Great Britain. And without doubt, one of England's greatest statesmen. It's a true story. Just like that widow, the mom of England's first Prime Minister, gave without considering tomorrow so that there will be a tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so I want to pray for you as a church because you are at the threshold of a very important point in your giving. We are giving not to clear the debt. You're giving to a vision that is larger than yourself. A vision where we want to see the presence of God manifested in every ministry that comes out from this church. We're giving to us the vision, of course, in clearing the debt so that we can release more finance into the ministry that God is calling this church to. The purposes through this church. I'm excited when I hear about the shelter of what your church has started in this city. Could you imagine this multiplying all across the United Kingdom during the winter months? But it's going to take finance, isn't it? But if you're entrapped in trying to pay off a debt, 
it's going to slow down what God can do. But of course, I want to make this promise to you. But we're not doing it because of this promise. Because I started off, God has a plan to bless you. And God will bless you. God will bless you. God will bless your household. But let's first take care of God's household and deal with the vision that God has given to this house. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man and woman. Lord, at this juncture, we are a threshold of a major crucial decision. I pray, Father, that for some of us, today we're going to give out of a need, out of our very need, but yet, Lord, we're going to give to you a crucial decision. Then, Father, for others of us, we do have the abundance and we realize today we are blessed to be a blessing. And so, Lord, cause us to give to a cause of the mission of this house. And then, Lord, finally, for the rest of all of us, help us to give like that widow who put in that might of lavish giving that we may give so that we see your manifestation. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.